welcome to the 100th episode spectacular of the Weekend Wire. We are finally back on a weekend day. It's Saturday, June 19th, 2021. Five years to the day that LeBron, uh, the block. So pretty, pretty cool how that worked out, I think. Um, this is a milestone for us. We've got a lot of good questions from some of you guys that we're going to hit at the end. There will be timestamps for those, not each individual question, but when we just start going over the questions. But we had an amazing night of basketball once again last night in the NBA. Um, and tonight we're going to have a game seven that looks like it's going to be for the ages. So we'll start with that and sort of how we got here, because last time we spoke, this nets Bucks series was tied 2-2. Um, we really didn't know it was going to happen. I felt somewhat confident that the Nets were going to f- come out on top. I'm feeling a bit less so now. Um, a little worried, but like, I don't know. I mean, you also had KD coming off 48 minutes a game. Yeah. So, even. Well, okay. We'll, we'll just hit game five super quick and go in game six. But game five, um, it, Harden ends up playing. He plays, I think. 45 minutes or so it's in the high 40s um yeah katie never comes out of the game um even for you know 20 seconds at the end of the half katie ends up having 49 17 and 10. we were talking about sort of at the tail end of our last episode what was the best playoff performance that we've seen so far that beats them all i don't think there's any debate (laughs) Um, it's the level of shot making where He's torturing Brooke Lopez, and then he starts getting the basket and starts starts to break that wall that we were kind of talking about that really he struggled with in game four where he really couldn't get to the basket. That was not a problem down the stretch in game five. The Bucks some questionable offensive decisions again. A with, lot of questionable yeah, offensive decisions. With Giannis doing the post-up on Harden at the end, which is really the only way that like if you're going to attack Harden, that's the worst way to do it because he's a good post defender one, and that doesn't really require him to do the lateral movement, which is what he's going to struggle with with the injury. Um, and then and he bails him out with a fadeaway anyway. So yeah, yeah. The, it, like the fact the fact that Harden was even allowed to play the minute number that he did that that Bud wasn't like attacking him to the point where he was either so dogged or just giving up like free runs to the basket is pretty. Um, pretty telling, and um, yeah. Giannis drops the ball. Half. Yeah, Giannis drops the ball at the end. We get the KD three, where Harden's sort of messing around thirty feet away, and he gives it up to KD, and KD sort of heaves it up, and then looks towards the sky and the the top of Barclays. I guess um, that's that's going to be a moment that I think you'll see a lot of like gifs and clips of that um, in the years to come, and then Nash hugging KD just. All the moments, really, just an epic game five where the Bucks come out and and get to this dominant lead, and we, once we get to crunch time, it, it really it really starts to wither away from them. Yeah, disappointment for the Bucks. I mean, that was a huge opportunity. They should have won that game, like you said. Should have packed Harden. I don't know what that offense was thinking in that second half. I don't know if they were thinking in that second half because like it just had no plan. I mean, other than the late game stuff, I thought Giannis played really well. Yeah, like early in the game. Like, like, but like, just like the they, like they figured him out. Like the I one mean. three that he took that like the Nets wanted him to take the most, he made and he was making yeah. the free throws. Um, Holiday was bad again. Middleton wasn't great. Um, 
he had a much better game six. Middleton did. Jeff Green ended up being unsung hero for the for the Nets. He, he, oh, was, he had like what seven three threes. Yeah, he ended up with eight, eight for eleven from eight. three. Um, the Nets sort of go to the small ball lineup where it's Jeff Green and and Katie playing the four and five, and that's that's something the Nets have really um, capitalized on. The Bucks really haven't had an answer for, um, and I, I'm thinking that we're going to see a lot more of that tonight. But um, yeah, so they get the three two lead, and then. Thursday night was game six, where the Bucks get off to another hot start. Um, the Nets just give them the live ball turnovers, which is like the one way that the Bucks are the best at scoring. And if, if you get Giannis out in transition like that, a two on one, it's it's even like a two on two, really. It's not, you're, you're usually, he's either getting a layup, getting fouled, or um, passing out to some someone in the corner. So um, Harden looks pretty good in this game. I think. Compared to game game Harden. five was like really a like a it was surreal the the fact that he was like even out there because he's kind of just like walking up and down and they're not looking to get out in transition they didn't really do that in game six either but Harden just offensively he's able to get the lift to get to the step back in game six um, he's yeah he's step back was do, so short in game five yeah he's able to do a little more um, just getting to the basket and. It seems like if if you were if you were to say oh he's playing like ten percent in game five he probably got up to like forty in game six and yeah. and if that trend continues and he gets up to seventy in game seven then I think things are looking pretty good for the Nets um, and we'll see how we'll see how that goes tonight but what do you think what do you think that the Bucks did in game six that they can carry that what what of the things that they did in game six do you think can be carried over to tonight I, I mean Middleton has to play well um you know that's been I think we've seen sort of throughout all three wins that Milwaukee's had uh that you know Middleton's been shooting the ball well and that opens up space for the other guys and and I mean it's just much needed like points uh, on the board because he is their secondary scorer with how uh, you know, the poor shooting that Drew's had throughout the playoffs, you know, you kind of need a second guy to, to make some shots. And uh, Middleton has, I think he's gotten to his spots for the most part. He's just kind of got to make those shots, those little mid-range shots that he gets. Like, he just starts to make them. Um, and, and I think defensively, you know, maybe it was a case of the Nets being a little bit more tired. Um, but I thought they, they played better defensively. They're more locked in. Um, and I think that, you know, you, you didn't see any sort of let up even throughout the second half. They never really let KD get rolling the same way that he was able to in game five. Um, and, you know, that's going to be a tough, much tougher task in game seven. So I don't know how much of that you can really carry over. Because like you said, like, I mean, you can try and build a wall, but he can shoot over it. If, once he starts shooting over it, I think he can get by most of the guys they can throw on him. Um, cause PJ is just a little bit too slow. Drew, he can just shoot over, um, you know, and, and then the, the Brooke Lopez minutes tonight, very interesting, um, to see because if Harden's at 70%, now you have two guys that can really just attack Brooke, um, off those high screen. Rooms. Well, they had to get Brooke out of the game in game six for them to yeah. play, really, they went to the yeah. five, which worked a little better against what, what the Nets were doing. So, so we'll see how much Bo- like Budenholzer wants to play Brooke. Um, I- I'm sure he'll start, but like how long does he last? I really don't know. Uh, I think it'll largely depend more so on how like Harden's feeling rather than KD. Um, because I-, I think even if KD is just like cooking Brooke, I think you can kind of ride out that wave. 
Um, but if you got two guys that are just attacking him relentlessly, I, I just don't see how you come out of that game. And another option they could use theoretically would be Bobby Portis, but he's been a DNP coach's decision the last two games, which has been puzzling when you look I at, don't get it. Yeah. You look at, you know, Elijah Bryant's getting minutes for the bucks and, and, um, some of these other dudes, uh, what, what's what's the – they had some backup center come in and or power forward that was – I forget who. Uh, yes, and Giannis's brother, who is another one, where he's – a lot. He's a, he's a definitely – if there's a word for him, it's it's high energy where he's just like running back and forth from the bench, it seems like, constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think the Brook thing is very interesting um, to see what to see how how they're going to use him in Game Seven, and um, you know Joe Harris has not been good since Game Two of this series. Um, He's can't figure out a shot. Yeah, it feels like the Nets are going to need one role guy to come through, regardless of what Harden is is doing to win. They're going to need like a game, like either the the game that they got from Jeff Green, ideally. Or maybe the game I, I don't game. think you get that again. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that again. Maybe you get the Blake Griffin that you got in Game One. I think that's that, that's more likely. Possible. Joe Harris, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Shamit could be one. The Nets sort of have six guys now. They're not really going out of that rot- rotation. I don't think Bruce. Yeah, they're Brown, not even really playing Claxton anymore. Yeah, like Claxton has even kind of gone away when because the Bucks haven't done that that huge lineup as much. Um, and yeah. Um, I just don't think Joe Harris has it in him, honestly. I don't think he's going to be the guy. So if I had to bet, I'm betting on Blake just because he's been there before. Um, yeah, but Joe Blake's Harris almost seems like the moment's too big. Yeah, I mean, you don't just suddenly figure out your shot in game seven, I feel like. I'd be very surprised if that happens. Yeah, I could see Shamit like hitting a few, but the Harris thing, like. Not to that level, yeah. Yeah, Not the Jeff Green level that you need. I think it's still worthwhile to keep Harris on the floor and use him as, like, this decoy because they're going to close out. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, he's still going to play. He's still going to start. Um, and if and if you get the production that you need from Harden, um, if, if, if let's see, Harden, I think, had, like, 17 points, six assists in game six. And in game five, he had, like, eight points and five assists. If you can bump those numbers up to, let's say, 21 points, nine assists. I think they can win. I think that's um, a win. Yeah. So I, I think I think he's going to be able to get that. So I'm I'm going to pick the Nets in this game. Um, I don't think I don't think KD can can get to that level that we saw in Game Five again. I think it'd be really really you hard. Get close. I think I, I think if he close. gets, I think yeah, I think he could get close. I think he gets like 85 percent of that. You get a little more from Harden. Yeah. Um, the Jeff Green thing probably not happening again. But you need you need that one other guy to just play a little better. And you only really need it for like either a half or even maybe a quarter. Yeah. You need someone to get hot. And that could be like Joe Harris, like we saw with Duncan Robinson, just get hot early, you know, string together a couple threes. Ideally, or, yeah. Maybe. Ideally, the, the not the fourth quarter because in the fourth quarter, you're going to have yeah. to be. But if like – I don't see any scenario where the Nets are winning heading into the fourth quarter that they lose this game. Well, wait, What? I don't see I don't see any any way that if the Nets are leading going into the fourth, I don't see oh, a way they will lose. Because I think Okay. I yeah. think like even if the Bucks are up five, I'm still gonna feel pretty good about the Nets. Oh up. yeah. The Bucks need like a like a ten point like buffer. They need yeah. a cushion. A and, healthy cushion. And hey, the Bucks got into lots of foul trouble very early in game five. Um 
if you're a fan of the conspiracy, the the thinking would be that would kind of happen again. Um, you could also go the route that, hey, the league kind of got their big market through to the West Finals last night with, with the Clippers. I don't know. I think... Like it seems that the Bucks are allowed to be a lot more physical at home is the bigger trend than like yeah. the conspiracy stuff. So, and that's just kind of like how the NBA works. Playoffs, that, yeah. Even if you don't like think about the ulterior ulterior motives that could be at play. So, um, yeah, if I if I, I'm gonna go, Nets win one oh seven one hundred. Okay, I think I gotta go with my Bucks. Because I've been riding their train all yeah all year long, so I think I gotta go with them. We'll we'll say a hundred and eleven to a hundred and four. I think yeah. the Nets like come back maybe hundred five. Nets come back a little bit towards the end, but I think I think the Bucks can build up a little cushion. Um, and then yeah, man, I, I hope they can hold on to this time. I, I think Bud's gonna do the right thing. I will say that. How quick is Bud on the plane if they lose? Like, if yeah, he loses on the plane, they if they lose, does he does he just like drive back? Like, yeah, he's not getting on the plane. <laughs> I think, they, I think if he gets on the plane, the plane's gonna crash because they're just gonna be like, <laughs> gonna be like a, oh man, he's fighting. I, I don't know. Yeah, so many implications for this. Bud is you might not hear from Bud from Bud for a while. If they lose this game, I just don't I will know. say that <laughs> the things that have happened to the Bucks in Barclays this series, I just don't know if they can get over the hump. Like you have, you have the you have game one, which was looking pretty good at the start, looking like it was going to be a super close game, and then that's just just kill you, just yeah. Uh, the end, and then game two, you had the blowout. Game five, you get it away. If I think Giannis is going to rise to the occasion. I don't know about the other guys. I don't know about everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to need a lot of good minutes from Drew. So, I don't know. Yeah. Drew was a little better in game six. He did shoot one for ten from three, though. So, he's been kind of MIA. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't know. I I, I have faith in them. I think they're – if they can kind of slow the game down, I think they're better off. They don't want this to try and get into, like, some high-scoring thing. Um, but we'll see. I think shooting's going to be choppy both ways, though. So I think that kind of evens it out, you know, game seven. In theory, it should be a little bit choppy. So. Yeah. Uh, how hard it looks is going to be very interesting. Because there's just no talent. Yeah. Um, okay. So we covered that. On to, we had a exciting game six last night between the Hawks and Sixers after the Sixers blew a 26-point lead in game five at home, um, where... The day after the Bucs blew their lead. Yes, the day after the Bucs blew their lead, and they, they actually won up to the Bucs, where Embiid comes out in the first quarter and has 17 points. He doesn't miss a shot. Um and this is the after he had a he shoots zero for twelve in the second half in game four, so Embiid's just controlling the paint. The Bucks go on this. I mean, the Hawks go on this fifteen-two run in the fourth. Um, 
it's it's Lou Williams, it's Curry sort of trading buckets. Curry like almost saved the game for the Sixers here, and he kind of did it again. Yeah. He got six. Um, and only only Curry and Embiid scored a basket um, like outside of free throws in the second half for the Sixers, which just hasn't happened in the last 15 years of the playoffs. Um, so that's something. And then like once John Collins banks in that three, you're, you're kind of like, oh, something could be happening here. And, yep. and the Sixers only score one basket in the final six minutes and 24 seconds of the game. Lou Williams end, ends up being the offense was weird, man. Yeah. Their offense looked so good before that, and then I, I don't know what happened. Well, they kept they kept Simmons out there, which they didn't do in game six. And Embiid really couldn't get to the spots he wanted, and when he did, he was settling. Um and the the Hawks have yeah. this way of help. They they've changed the way that they help on his post ups, um, and when and when you're helping off and it's Simmons, it's really easy to do. So, I think yeah. the only one you're like really worried about is is Curry. Yeah, and maybe Corpus. Yeah, and I don't even. Yeah, Corpus too. But um, they're able to help down a little more than you might think. Um, and, and, and B wasn't able to get to his spots as, as a result. Um, and then Ben Simmons has not shot the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's had one shot in game four, five, and six combined in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, he's just a non factor on the offensive end for the most part. Um, yeah, and, and I don't know. I mean, I'm a Ben Simmons truther, but it's hard to defend this guy. Uh, it's, it's just not. I think like, I think had they lost Game Six, it would be really deafening. Um, and honestly, oh, I thought they were I thought they were going to lose Game Six. I didn't think they had it in them. I thought they were going to roll over. Um, think so. I thought they did. I thought they would. And it was it it was really like the second most important game in Atlanta Hawks history. If you think about it, they're not really a team that has. I mean. Yeah, they really? get, they get to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2015, but you could tell yeah, sure, like, there, there are some Dominique years, but they never got to the Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I guess yeah, it kind of was. They won. They won a championship in the 50s. They were in St. Louis, so yeah. For, I mean, really. for Atlanta basketball, this this was kind of it, um, and they yeah. still have Game Seven, but. I, wow. I, it's hard to imagine that they're going to take that one. Um, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, and and the Sixers Sixers looked pretty cooked early in Game Six. Their second unit was able to to get them back in the game, which is not something that usually happens for them. Usually, usually when they're down, it ends up getting worse when they put in Maxi and the rest. Where they have they usually do it where they have Tobias Harris is the only guy who's left in as a starter. Um, but they actually were able to come back a little bit. Uh, Trey had a great first half, and then Bogdanovich, Collins, Williams, and Gallinari in the first half shot a combined two for 16, which if you want to point to where the Hawks lost this game, that's probably where you look. Um, and Bogdanovich got injured in game six. It looks It's not looking like he's going to play in game seven. He's really struggled ever since game two. Um, and yeah. He's someone that they sort of needed last night to to hit like four threes and keep the momentum going. Um, they just couldn't get out of him, but he is hurt. So, um, 
Yeah, Maxi Maxi was sort of the hero for the Sixers in this one. He he hits back to back threes to get the to get um, the Sixers up nine, and then the Hawks' offense just kind of goes away in the fourth. Uh, Trey hits that shot where it's like he almost does like the Curry move where he goes in and out and then he almost it looks like he it looks like he stepped out of bounds when he did it, but they they showed the angle and he didn't. He was so far like the corner almost when he when he released it and then he shoots it um makes it they're only down one the lights go out at the arena and all the fans start doing the, the flashlights and it actually gets pretty bright when that happens and it's just looked weird on tv for a solid minute minute and a half um and then the sixers were able they 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 doc was doing the thing where he's going offense defense with ben and there there were a lot of out of bounds where he was able to do that super quickly and you know, like maybe they lose if you don't get a couple of those because he they, they did it like yeah. I think four or five times where he's just switching switching in and out. They go with Maxi to run the offense um, when he was having a pretty good game, so I think that was the right call. And now we've got the Sixers game seven at home um, without Bogdanovich for the Hawks. It's looking like it looks like the Sixers are going to come out of this now. Um, I would but think you never so. know. The Hawks of surprises keep on surprising, so that's the that's the thing. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it, it probably honestly is going to come down a lot to how Doc ends up like going with his rotations, right? Like, uh, I think that's what kind of saved Philly there towards the end. I, I don't know. Do you trust Doc to to make the right call at the end of this game? And I don't know if I do. Yeah, I mean, it makes me feel a little bit better that they were able to win a close game with them. Yeah. Like, in game six. But, you know, if you have that herder where he's got 20 points again, and if you've got Gallinari stepping up to the plate. Because they just shot so poorly in game, game six. So I, I don't know. You know, a couple of their shots go in, right? So, yeah. I mean, you think about what Simmons is really giving the Sixers right now. If he, if his, if his main value is supposed to be, oh, I'm just going to be dogging Trey. I'm supposed to lock him up, and it's like, well, Trey had 39 game in game five. So, yeah. like, what, what's, what is the point really? And he had another good game in game six. So, you know, I, I think George Hill just would be your answer there, but he just hasn't been aggressive enough. It, it seems like every time he gets the ball, he's not looking to score. Um, uh, and and play more Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, yeah. Curry has really saved the Sixers this oh, series. Man. Without him, they they're definitely not winning Game Six. Um, they don't they don't win Game Two without him either. Um, he's got to show up again. I think. I think he will just because the way he's been playing. He's been consistent. At yeah. Home, yeah, he's been pretty consistent. Um, I'm still gonna ride with the Sixers, but. I could totally see him be just, just, just dogging it at the end of this game. And, you know, the longer this game, like, like should this game go to OT, the worse and worse I'll feel about like the Sixers coming on top. Cause I, I just think that like the fatigue is going to get, get to him at some point. Like, yeah. Um, any sort of close game towards the end of this game is, is bad news for the Sixers. Like they got to put this away. Well, the thing is like, if you just run. think about free throw shooting, like Embiid has missed some in the clutch too. So like, yeah. yeah. If you have Simmons and Embiid out there, and then you have the Hawks lineup, where potentially like they're not even potentially for them, like they're not even having 
Capel on the floor. So like your five. Oh yeah, they play Collins at five. Yeah, your five is going to be Collins or like Gallinari. Gallinari, yeah. Up and down that lineup is just making their free throws consistently, and you know Trey's always going to he's always going to hit one from thirty. You just never know when. Yeah, Um, it's. he's been getting to that floater almost any time he wants. To be quite honest with you. So I don't know. That. The problem I have with Atlanta is they have so many options, and it feels like they generate good looks, but they don't make the good looks. So yeah, that's pretty, I don't know. <laughs> pretty reminiscent of the 2018 Raptors, where they just they got all the good looks in the, in yeah, the LeBron. Yeah. At least for like game one, they got like every single time was a good look, and it's kind of what the Clippers are doing, except they're making them. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> Uh, but Atlanta has a little more like the lob thread is there and they kind of have a little more like the Clippers is kind of just this, this like pure five out scheme that we'll, that we'll talk about. I'm sure in a second, but, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still taking the Sixers. I, I think they're going to win by, you know, nine, 10 points. Cause I, I think if, if it does get close, like it's going to be danger for Atlanta. If they had, if they had Bogdanovich, I might, I might pick Atlanta to win game seven. Yeah. But Without Bogdanovich, uh, I think Sixers take. They're gonna have to shoot for Atlanta to win. They're gonna have to shoot as well as they did in Game One. Oh yeah, and they haven't been able to replicate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they'll get the looks, but yeah, it's kind of knocking down. And B's probably gonna be a lot more aggressive this game though. So I think. Yeah, that's true. Like he's gonna be like Game Five and Bead, which you know they lost Game Five. First half. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Jazz Clippers, the end of the Jazz, um, maybe the end of an era for the Jazz if if this Rudy Gobert situation. Clean the house. Huh? <laughs> Clean the house. Get rid of them all. Oh. <laughs> um. They so, have to make big roster changes. I will say that. Continue. Okay. We can get into that, but continue. Yes. Yeah, we'll we'll recap Game Five, Game Six, but so. Morning of Game Five, we get the news that Kawhi is out for the foreseeable future. We still don't know when he's coming back. I think. I think. Oh, the cursed morning. Yeah, that that morning it was. I think it was Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, like yeah, last Wednesday morning, it was CP3, Kawhi. Was it the Dallas stuff too? It was Dallas. It was Van Dallas. Gundy. It was Van Gundy. Got, that was good news, though. Yeah, no, I like. Yeah, <laughs> and Scott Brooks got fired as well. Scott Brooks. Or parted ways. I don't know. Yeah. They, like they couldn't agree on a contract. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was a crazy morning. Wednesday morning, but the Kawhi thing comes up. He's probably out. I think. I think they'd be happy to have him back for Game Three of the Western Conference Finals at this point. I thought he was done for the year. To be honest, no, no. It seems like, he, <laughs> like they're not saying it, but yeah, it seemed like he was. Done, but you just don't know. And um, the interesting thing about the Clippers is that if they're playing like this, they may not need him. So, um, uh, yeah, okay. Like, um, but I think the shooting there is like, <laughs> yeah, there's shooting's no way to, to go with. But uh, so, game five in Utah, Bogdanovic, the game we were waiting for, it happens. He goes six for six from three in the first quarter. Insane. And the Jazz are only up one at the end of that quarter. So if you just give me that in the vacuum, they hit like they, they they're like ten for twelve from three in the first quarter or something. And they they're only up three. 
um, because the Clippers are sort of doing the exact same thing. And they're having Paul George having probably the best playoff game of his since 2013. 2014, 2013. Yeah, yeah that. around that range. Um, Mitchell looked pretty hurt in this game. Um, Jazz hit 17 threes in the first half and then go ice cold in the third quarter. They go over 10. Reggie Jackson, the return of your boy. Oh, and Terrence Mann, my guy. Your guy. Get going in the fourth. Terrence Mann dunks on Gobert. Um, and if that's not the the encaps, encapsulation of this series, I don't know what is. Um, he dunks on him, gets the and one. At that point, you're like, oh, this is probably over. And this is it was it was hard to beat the Clippers when they generated open three literally every single time. Oh yeah, the defense like couldn't do anything. Like it, it's just an open three. Yeah, lot lot of corner threes just left wide open. You saw the same thing in Game Six and like same story in Game Six and you get an incredible yeah, shooting. Them Jazz and Donovan Mitchell looks a lot better. Clarkson, yep. you get a seventeen point quarter out of him, and then Terrence Mann sees Clarkson and he's like, "I'll raise you." He goes for. 21 of his own in the third quarter or no 20 of his own in the third quarter they go on a 40 to 12 run the clippers do in 10 minutes um they take this comfy lead into the fourth gobert is is the the jazz have this defense where none of the perimeter guys are holding up so gobert has to has to guard the rim and the corners so yeah, he's either full out selling on on like the rim, and usually a lot of the time is either Reggie Jackson or PG sort of driving into the center, where he's got a choice: either step up and meet that guy at the rim, or get out to the Terrence Manns and the Batums and the Beverleys even of the world. And he has to make that choice every single time. And when the kick out is just so easy, that's. Gobert's his tendency is like it gonna be to protect the rim because can't even get out there quick enough. Probably not. But yeah, I mean, even if he gets out there, like he's gonna, they're just gonna drive past him. Yeah, it it, it kind of just resets what they were doing. So, um, and and, it, and if he's the one, the and if you think about that, just how that works, where if he's closing out and the pass is coming, and he's the one getting driven on, then they have no rim protection, and it gets even yeah. worse. So, yeah. um. The blame has been really hard on Gobert after this game, and I'm not really sure that's right because the Jazz had no one that could stand in front of anybody for the whole yeah. second half. Yeah, and they weren't even like – it wasn't off screens. Like, they were just driving. Yeah. There's no, it was no one movement. One. It, was, it was like, it was no. like Rockets-esque, but it was yeah. like different guys every time. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that where, like, Honestly, at one point, it seemed like five plays in a row were just the same play, drive, kick to the corner, and you get a three out of it. Yeah, and then their shooters – hey, the shooters were hot, but it wasn't, like, absurd. Like, the Jazz had a better shooting half in this first half than the Clippers did in the second, I think, because the the Clippers were getting layups from Reggie and Terrence Mann and PG. And, you know, Beverly hitting corner threes isn't isn't sustainable, I don't think, but, like – not, they have Morris to do that. They have other guys. They have Kennard who they weren't playing at all. They have they have tons of shooters that can play that role. So, Yeah, they have so many guys that can get hot. I mean, this, this oh, is the best three-point shooting team in the league. Yeah. Season, so Royce O'Neal was the only guy who could stay in front of anyone. And Mitchell had the ankle, but he's not a great defender anyway. Conley didn't look right. He, he returned to the game. Right 
yeah, he didn't look – that was sort of a desperation play by them. Um, I mean, like, even, like, Ingles and Bogdanovich weren't really saying some of their guys either. Yeah, like, Ingles, like, uh, you would think, would be able to a little better. Bogdanovich is a little slow, but um, yeah. the the – and Gobert isn't, isn't the guy who's going to really hurt – like, even if he is able to score on the other end, it's a three versus two, and that's not how you're going to come back. You need stops. So yep. they weren't able to get stops, and the Clippers just ran them out of the building. Um, yeah. And didn't need Kawhi in either of the last two games to do it. It's pretty yeah. impressive. I mean, that, that was, I mean, that is Clippers basketball, like what I am, like envisioned in my head when I think of like, how are they going to make the finals? That, right? Um, with the shooting. Um, this is how they built the team. This is exactly what they wanted out of the team. They saw how awful the spacing looked last year. The spacing looks amazing this year, um, you know, and, and apparently you don't even need Kawhi to make it work. Um, you know, it works when you have Reggie Jackson, who has somehow just revitalized his career into becoming this amazing threat to, like, not only drive, but to, like, hit, like, step-back threes, uh, contested threes. He's been playing just incredible um, and, you know, you put, like, you have Reggie and Paul George even alone who are able to drive and you surround them with shooters. Like, there's not a whole lot Utah can do. And that's where I thought, again, like, that's where my feelings that Utah really needs to, like, restructure how they set up maybe not their top guys because I don't think their top guys are the problem. I think that, unfortunately, you might see a move for, I don't know, maybe Gobert or, or one of their, you know, Conley maybe I don't know if anybody wants Conley anymore maybe Bogdanovich but like I feel like it's more the depth guys where like they don't have anybody that can come in and, and play anything different right like they have no versatility like people are kind of you know ragging on Quinn Snyder for kind of you know keeping Gobert in there with sticking for with Gobert and like absolutely Gobert deserves some blame for you know not stopping Reggie Jackson at the rim for back-to-back layups that's not ideal when you're yeah. defensive player of the year but at the same time like you know what is Quinn Snyder supposed to do he can't put in favors there favors is the worst option right than Gobert he's yeah. Gobert light and just favors is just as slow um, and isn't going to be able to contest at the rim yeah a worse rim protector and he's not closing out either um so like what do you go go with right like, you can't really go small your small lineup is not better than the Clippers small lineup that, that's the thing um, with Clippers you can't go small to beat them Right. So we've, we've like, said this for two just, years. Yeah. You, you just cannot go small and beat them. And, and that's where, like, again, we'll, we'll get into the Phoenix stuff. And I, I really hope the Phoenix learns from this and doesn't try and go small, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, it, Quinn Snyder doesn't really have options at his disposal to throw out there. Right. And that's not on, on him for coaching. Like, it, maybe he could have mixed and match, but like, how much mixing and matching are you going to do in an elimination game six, right? At, away from home. Um, I just don't know what he could have done, um, to be honest with you, and, and especially with the way the Clippers were shooting. Uh, maybe, maybe you ask Gobert to chase him off the line a little bit more aggressively, but like everyone else seemed pretty slow on the rotations, anyways, and they weren't really staying in front of their guys. So I wouldn't really, you know, if, if the Jazz are in scramble mode on defense, I don't think it goes any better. Uh, now you're leaving open threes for Batum, and uh, I don't know. I guess probably like back to like Reggie Jackson or Paul George on the scrambles. So I, I just don't know. I mean, the Jazz got outplayed and outcoached, but, you know, I, I think with that roster construction, I, I just don't really know what Utah could have done differently, right? And I think the bigger problem with Gobert is the fact that he's not really doing what you'd want offensively either. Um, but, again, they, they didn't really lose the game on the offensive side. They just couldn't get stops. 
Yeah. He scored 119 points. <laughs> I mean, there were, there was no guy that the that the Jazz could treat as like the Tony Allen where they're just sagging right. off because the Clippers have gotten to the point where they have the five guys who can shoot. And they were even playing Beverly late in the game where like he's not like if like I would have been like just put Kennard out there, but if Beverly's hitting at that rate, you you take mm-hmm. the defense with him. So the fact that he was able to step up is is pretty big because if you have like five versus four shooters is a pretty pretty big gap. Um and yeah, the Clippers have really just just like whatever the Houston style of 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 this this offense was where it was just Harden doing it. The Clippers have multiple guys who can do it, and the shots are falling, um, and they're better on defense. So it, it's like, kind of like it's 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 weird to think, but it's kind of like they they sort of beat the Clippers. I mean, they beat the Rockets of what the Rockets wanted to do, um, and we never we never really saw those two teams clash. But had we did, this is probably what would have happened. And they weren't even playing Morris late in the game, who who's yeah. as streaky as can be, but he is thought of as their third guy. So it's pretty wild. Um, I mean, also a huge shout out to to Ty Lu for like he like he just is spot on with his rotations. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if he has like some like stats guy in his ear like telling him like hey like do this do this, but like. He just figures out rotations great, uh, like throughout the series. Not yeah. so much. He, the start, he but, like, always seems able to pick the guy who's gonna have thirty off the bench for them. Yeah, like, <laughs> and he seems like it's they've picked right like every single time, and it's kind of it's it, it's pretty amazing how that happens. Um, I don't know if like the Kawhi thing. Obviously, if they have Kawhi last night. They still win, probably by a little more because he's able to lock up Mitchell. But I don't know if it Honestly, matters. By a lot more. Yeah, because in like, Game Four they won by a lot, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like the way they're playing right now, like it, it seems like it doesn't even matter that they have him if they're just going to keep doing this. But like his, yeah. if it's I mean, like more on defense, I think. Yeah, like the three, the threes, the way that they're hitting the threes, it's kind of like that's either going to happen or it's not. And if Kawhi is out there on offense, it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. So the defensive stuff is, is like, oh, if the three, if they're shooting, let's say they shot, you know, 45% from three, I'm, I'm just making this number up. If they, yeah. if they shot 45% from three last night, we bumped that down to 35%. So they hit, you know, five less threes, six less threes. Then then the other team actually has a chance to outscore them. And that's where Kawhi comes in to, to stop your, your Devin Bookers and your Chris Pauls and the guys who are hurting you on the other side. So um, with, as far as the jazz offseason thing, um, I believe Gobert signed his extension because I could be wrong, but I think you're actually right on that. Or he doesn't have an option. He has an option, right? Yeah. Player option. Oh no, he, he signed a he signed a five year extension in December. Okay, so he doesn't have an option. So they're in next season. No, it's not an option. It's gonna be hard to trade him, regardless of, of that. Yes, he's making a lot of money. Um, I think where you do look at potential trades is maybe. God, I don't even know. Ingles, Jordan Clarkson. Who are you trying to get like, back? Ideally, like like. 
like OG, right, that's the thing. like some great wing defender. I think either some yeah more just like wing defender, so you can I guess like play small ball if you need to at least for like a small stretch. Yeah, when I think of that, um, I'm thinking of like Ananobi, like Bridges. Neither of those guys I think are getting traded. Right. Yeah, I, I think that the market for that type specific type of player that they need is very very small right like now. Tybal too, um, like unfortunately. Tybal. Um, at the higher like, end of that spectrum is a Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, but you're not going to get yeah. Tatum. You're not getting that unless things yeah, are you're not really wrong. Those guys. Um, so I, yeah, I mean that's the tough part. That it's a tough off season for them just because I don't know how much they can make moves. Jeremy Grant is an interesting addition that I think they should try and get. Um, I like but that. I don't know if they can. Uh, yeah, and it would help because now you have. You can go small with him as a big. Um, that would be interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if that makes. I don't know if that pushes them over the hump necessarily, but like. I think Jeremy Grant wants to have his own team, like in Detroit. That's kind of where. Like, so? Yeah, I do. Because I thought his play was just to get more money. To be honest with you, so I don't know. Mate, you might be right. Um, where he just like wants to be the guy. Um, I don't think he's good enough to be that guy. Yeah, he's not. So, but, like, that's the problem. So that's why I yeah, feel like I think he's that's, better that's off, the like, decision that he made when he left Denver for Detroit. Like, like if he, had he stayed with Denver, <laughs> he would have been in that Eric, that Aaron Gordon role. And I don't think he would have gotten paid as much. I think they would have underpaid the fuck out of him. So I think he went to Detroit, true. being like, "Hey, I can score." He needed the money, right? And, and like, he wasn't going to get as many touches. Yeah. with Denver versus, like, Detroit. Now he's like, oh, this this guy can play offense. He's not just a defensive guy, right? Now, okay, now I can command $25 million, right? And I, I don't know. Um, the Jeremy Grant thing was just very weird to me. Interesting. I don't know what's going through his mind. I would love to know what's going through his mind because he is, like, one of the – I think he's probably the most intriguing piece in the next couple of years where he's going to end up on a contending team. Um, and maybe Utah is that team, but I don't know. Outside of that, like, yeah, the options are kind of limited. Uh, maybe you go through OKC's books and see if, if you can find something there, but I don't know if you really want to deal with OKC. Um, maybe you make a super play at Zion. I don't know. Is <gasps> that <laughs> um, like Zion doesn't want to go to Utah? It's like a destiny. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm surprised that the Jazz didn't, like, they were getting sprayed anyway, so I'm surprised they didn't try to go zone last night. Yeah, but I guess Quinn Snyder was probably, like, they're probably still going to hit the threes. I, I think I would probably take that, right? They are, but I think it would have taken them, like, long, at least, like, longer in the shot clock to get to that, which I guess and you they couldn't want. have just gone to the same play every time. Yeah, would I have to, would have like, taken some more thinking where they're having to, like, maybe put someone at the high post where it's Morris and then you don't have four shooters, you have three. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised they didn't try that a little yeah. bit because it, it was yeah. back to the wall. But, okay, enough on that. Kristaps. I will say Kristaps. That's an interesting one to me. I think – Kristaps and Gobert together? No. Kristaps is like, well, yeah, I guess it doesn't work if Kristaps is the backup, does it? Yeah, maybe not. Unless you trade away Gobert. God, I, I would have no interest in Kristaps. Not? 
Maybe if you get like THA back with that too. I don't know. Sign and trade. Who? Gobert? For like Gobert, yeah. I think Dallas would want Gobert, right? Would they? The rich section? No. I, I, I don't know what Defensive Dallas. Defensive player of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Mm. That's a yeah, that's season podcast, but that's hard. Yeah, they. I don't really. It, we're usually decent at finding out, like, fi- like thinking of people that could help. Yeah, Utah's is is a weird yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that. I mean, their system works unless you go against a small ball team. The Clippers are best. So, um, all right. So Clippers Phoenix now in the Western Conference Finals. You have the chance to go to Game Two of this series. I do have a chance to go to Game Two, which is. Going to be Monday, Tuesday. Okay, that is awesome. So you, yeah. you, I'm yeah, sure we will talk about your experience on that next time. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah, that's that is great. Um, so okay, are you scared of the Clippers? What what are your what are you thinking? Even I'm without the Clippers, uh, without Kawhi, I'm a little less scared because I think Aiton is a little bit more versatile than Gobert is. I yeah, think I, I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Like, yeah, so I think that defensively, uh, a like we're a lot better of a scrambling defense team. We scramble all the time, anyways. Um, so if you know if the Clippers do try a similar style with like just going small and trying to kick out to the corner, I trust DA a lot more to like actually get out and force either a tougher shot or some sort of closeout to where they need to like actually make like another guy make a play. If that makes sense, like a Terrence man has to become a passer um, and, and try and find the open guy. And we seem to be pretty good with scrambles. Uh, we're also just a lot, I think we're just better defensively than Utah is and, and a little bit more capable defensively to handle a smaller Clippers team with Kawhi. That equation becomes a little bit more difficult because I think without Kawhi now you sort of have one of uh, probably Jay Crowder becomes sort of more of a roaming defender um, where he's able to take on like now he doesn't need to worry about just like being on Kawhi the whole time now he's like probably on like Marcus Morris and like you can kind of help a little bit more off Marcus Morris Um, you're not as worried about him scoring Um, so it'll be interesting to me to see how that works out Uh, I think the Clippers do go small because like Zubac just doesn't work and i think Zubach, like i, I think Zubach is gonna get swallowed up by Aiden. like yeah so I, I just don't think he's playable very much so I, yeah i mean it, it's a interesting like clash of style so it should be like entertaining basketball i think um i think the defense for us is the key to be honest especially with like chris paul out um i think this game's gonna be defi- like decided for us how we play defensively um because the offense is you know, it, it's going to be okay. I don't expect it to be great. Devin Booker loves playing against Paul George. Uh, nice. He loves playing against Clippers. So, like, I expect him to do pretty well. Um, but, you know, the rest of the offense, I think, is probably not going to get the same kind of, like, like against Denver, like, to be honest with you, like, we got some pretty easy looks for guys like Mikhail. Um, we just, like, had one guy to just attack constantly um, in Michael Porter Jr. And, mm-hmm. um Clippers don't really have that, but, you know, I, I think expect big games from Booker. Um, if Paul George is defending him, then that takes away a defender from, you know, another guy. Um, so that helps. And then if Pat Beverly is on him, he, he's just too small. Pat Beverly like, just can't defend him. He just shoots over him. So uh, we'll see. It, it should be a fun series. Uh, I would say prediction-wise, Suns in six. 
Um, I, I think just with how hot the Clippers can get, it's a little bit of a worry. Yeah. But uh, I don't think they have four of those games in them. If Kawhi yeah, comes I, I, back, I, then it's a worry. <laughs> I would say Suns in seven. Um, I, I, I think – I think the difference between the Suns and the Jazz going up against the Clippers is Mikhail is that is the three and D guy that the, the yeah. Jazz just do not have. Um, I think Chris Paul, like the defensive side, where if like where when they're attacking the Clippers defense, if there's anyone who can figure that out, that's Chris Paul. And I don't think there's any chance that Kawhi misses less games in this series than CP3 does. If I had to guess, CP3 is probably yeah. back for game two. Um, I don't think so. If you look at the yeah, if you look at the timelines of like the the COVID protocol stuff. Um, all you really need is two negative tests, and you can do that within 10 days. Um, and, yeah, I would be shocked if he played tomorrow, but... Yeah, I think he'd be out for game one, but game two yeah. or game three. Suns are going to be very, very rested regardless. Um, and, you know, maybe the Clippers do take game one, but they, you don't have CP3. So, um, yeah, I, I, I probably think that the Clippers do take game one just because CP3 has has the value of figuring out what the, what the Clippers are doing. Um, yeah, you might see a little feel-out game type deal. Yeah. Clippers Booker, down is, yeah. Booker relishes the matchup for sure. Mikhail is someone who can, you, you can stick on Paul George and feel good about it. Um, and I think Aiton can, Aiton can hurt them in a way that Gobert can't. And yeah. drop off with the verticality of Aiton where he's challenging at the rim is not really a huge one compared to Gobert. I think that's pretty, it's pretty clear of what we've seen in the playoffs where he can contest those shots just as well. And, you know, it's some, some of those, some of those, those layups that Reggie was hitting last night are kind of like, <laughs> he's going over anyway. So yeah. it's kind of like, I'm not sure how much like can be done with that. Um, and, and yeah, There'll be some games where each team is going to get hot and hit, you know, 17 threes. It's, it's, it's like that. It's sort of how the playoffs work now. Um, but I feel good picking the Suns with the home court and everything that comes with it and getting them to the finals. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully we can hope. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I like the matchup either way. Um, if Utah would win, that's fine. Um, if the Clippers win, that's fine. I feel pretty good about where this team's at. Um, now it's just, yeah, you got to deliver. And, and you got to play defense. And you can't get cooked the same way that Utah did because that's, yeah. That's okay, ugly. so let's just say what happens if Aiden doesn't hold up? Is there a way that the Suns can go Sorry. small? And survive. Uh, yeah, I think you put in Saric, and you can probably live with it. Or, I mean, the Suns are probably the only team in the league, or at least the only team in the West, maybe outside of the Lakers with AD when they go small, um, that can like potentially go small against the Clippers and like survive it. Um, because like if you play some sort of lineup with Booker and Payne or Booker and CP3. And then you pair them with like Mikhail, Jay Crowder and uh, Tory Craig um, or Cam Johnson. Like, I think you can get away with it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think you can play that for long stretches, but definitely like, yeah. I mean, if Aiden just gets played off the floor in like the first five minutes, then maybe Monty just goes small immediately. And like, or like, we'll see what happens, right? Um, Game one, I think, is going to be the big feel-out game. Uh, you're going to see probably a lot of different lineups, I would expect. 
um, from both sides and just to kind of see what works, what doesn't work. Um, but, you know, Monty's been pretty good with rotations himself. Um, he sort of has like a good feel for, for when things are like getting out of control. Um, and yeah, I mean, as long as, you know, the, the Booker CP3 minutes, uh, as long as those work and we can outplay whatever backcourt the Clippers put in, um, similar to, to Denver and then in the first round against Lakers, I think you start like sort of the same thing where the backcourt is sort of dominant and like depending on how they do is, is how everybody else does. Um, and as long as we can get that, I, I feel pretty good about the Suns' chances, um, regardless of how Aiton plays. Um, but yeah, I mean, Aiton, even if he like gives us like 20 great minutes a game of like, he's like at least holding his own to where like maybe they're hitting some threes, but like we can kind of balance it out with like Aiton's just bigger inside and can like get his looks inside whenever he wants like that would be enough for us and then we can go small for for you know uh, stretches of time if we yeah need to. they have the flexibility i think yeah phoenix has a lot more flexibility than utah does lineup wise i think yeah a lot okay. more serviceable players there. Well, that utah be- really only had like what seven eight guys that they could like really play and feel confident about like yeah. Yang, you didn't never, really feel confident. Never about starter. It. No, I never felt. I was. They, they played Yang <laughs> and Oni a little too much. Yeah, yeah. And like those are just not guys. Like Phoenix, though. Those guys for Phoenix are like Tory Craig, and like maybe I, I don't even know. Sarge, maybe Cam Johnson. I feel Cam like Johnson? Cam Johnson's a little better than. than yeah, and at least like Oni, Johnson like, has the shooting. Yeah, so. Yang has the shooting sometimes, but it goes away a lot. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Like front court options, Phoenix definitely has better. Oh, yeah. Even with Frank the Tank. So, um, okay. You might see a big Frank the Tank game. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, well, we have a lot of questions that we got off Instagram. Yes. So, we're going to answer. We'll see how long this ends up taking, but there are some good ones that we want to hit. Um, um, Okay, I'll start. I'll just, I'm going in order of, of the first people to submit them. So first, we have Mike, Cine Legend. Um, he asks, do the Nuggets need to make another move or will they be contenders with, with Murray back? I think this is very easy. I think, yes, they would be contenders. I think, if, I think if they had Murray right now, they would probably be making the finals. Is it crazy? Arguably, it's not crazy. I think I think they would have beaten I, I'm just going to say straight up, I think they would have beaten something Dan Murray. So we swept them. <laughs> I know. But... Um, <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, with Murray, I mean, it's a different team. Um, maybe, not, maybe, not, maybe not that particular matchup, but I think like going into the playoffs with Murray, yeah. they would have had a different seed and it would have been different. And like, yeah. I think they would have been in the finals. Yeah. Um, I, I my only worry is that like in the future with like Michael Porter Jr. like how does he develop because you essentially have like two defensive liabilities in the playoffs at least like Jokic is like a fine defender in the regular season like you can really attack him in the postseason and good teams will attack him in the postseason and then good teams will obviously attack MPJ so that's my biggest worry but otherwise I would think that yes Denver would be a contender with Jamal back I, I think they're okay with the like they will run it once with with the team that they have. Yeah, 
I think Denver, once they got Gordon, that was kind of the, their last move that they're going to make in the next couple of years, other than like these small transactions. I think they're going to run it back at least two more times, two more times to those four guys where it's Murray, Jokic, Gordon, and MPJ. And yeah, I think, I think they're the favorite, the early favorite for next year. Title? Yeah. Really? Even with the Nets? Even with the Nets. Well, okay, maybe not with the Nets. <laughs> early, early favorite for the West. I think, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's pretty easy. Yeah, I, I would Temper definitely take that. Especially with Utah looking like it might be yeah. crash and burn. Uh, okay, so we have now we have three Mavs questions, and we can sort of combine them. We have one from Brant, one from Nico, and one from Jack. Um, it's all about the GM stuff. There's, a, well, Lucas stay at the Mavs. Um, yes. this off season in specific. So we can just talk about the whole Dallas story because we never really did. We, we were going to last time yeah. we forgot. Um, and so basically to summarize, there was some tension all year with Luca and the coaching staff, Carlisle, um, decides to move on. Um, and I think, he, I think he didn't get fired. Did he just wanted to leave? Right. I think he wanted to leave. He resigned. Yeah. So he moves on. There is sort of the, the shadow GM that has been the term. And if you're wondering who that is, his name is Haralabos Fulgaris, um, otherwise known as Haralabob. He has made millions off of gambling on the NBA. Otherwise known as JT's personal hero. Yes, I am a fan of his. Um, and I wish I had the, the knowledge that he did about that side. But um, so he, he was sort of making a lot of the internal decisions for them ever since he got hired. He got hired actually right before they drafted Luca, so he was pretty instrumental in that decision. So good, good on that part. Um, but he also was a big fan of Porzingis. And Luca and Porzingis have had some issues. Obviously, Luca and Carlisle are getting spats that you would see. Luca has this guy, I forget his name, but it's the the guy that Luca wants to be the coach. Um Oh, the assistant coach? Yes. Oh, I can't remember. Jamal right something. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to look it up. Uh, Jamal Mosley. Yes. 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 That is the guy that Luca sort of, um, like, he he's a fan of his if luca had the choice to be of who the next coach would be it would be him so odds are it's probably going to be him for for dallas um next year um donnie nelson steps down as the front office guy it's sort of seeming like harala bob could step in or they might get rid of him well he's gone too right i thought he was gone. i don't think he official is he officially gone i okay that's a good question because, like, Luca doesn't like Corallo Boss either. Okay. So that's the problem. Yeah, no, that's true. He doesn't like him either. Because he, yeah. I don't think he likes him because he, he sort of made the roster what it is with KP and all that stuff. And um, Yeah. Well, apparently he was, like, messing with their rotations, too. Yeah. Like weird. They hired Dirk as this sort of special role guy who's I think is the 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 main reason for him being there is gonna be like mentoring Luca and like sort of almost like calming down Luca and that's kind of the gist of it. Um it, yeah, Luca, I say Jerry West type role. 
Yeah, like Luca has the supermax thing where he can sign it. No player has ever said fuck it. Like I'm not gonna sign the supermax because the guarantee <laughs> money is so much. So much money. <laughs> I mean, like other people have talked about this, but it's probably gonna happen at some point where it's some. It could happen with Zion, where it's just like, nah, I won't take the supermax. I'm gonna make the money back later. Yeah, and but, I don't think Luca's gonna do that. It's a little too far fetched. Um, no, nah, Luca seemed like he was gonna sign it. Like the press yeah. conference. Yeah, like he, yeah, he definitely hinted it. He was going to sign it. So, but you know, down the road, this could be the start of something. Um, and as far as this off season goes, I don't really know how much flexibility they have. I don't think they have a lot. Um, no. And they still got to resign THA if they yeah, want. Yeah, Porzingis is locked in. Luca's locked in. If he signs it, that's a lot of money just tied up right there. Um, and then yeah. THJ, you would think you want to bring him back. I think so. Yeah, he, I mean, it was good. I mean, Clippers maybe you try to shot was fine. Yeah, I think like I think like if there was one thing you would do is like offload like Josh Richardson and get something back that's a little yeah. more offensive. Um, like ideally, you could just get Seth Curry again, but you can't. So, um, <laughs> how bad does that look now? I know. That was oh, a bad move. I kind of liked that move for them honestly because I thought the toughness factor was something that they needed, but Luca kind of yeah. stepped up to that more than. I thought. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. You you saw you saw they picked up JJ in the trade, and he didn't end up playing a role at all for them. In the yeah, he's gone, probably. So, I think. Yeah, he might be done. And you know, I don't really know what they could get for Josh Richardson. I it doesn't That's seem good. Like, yeah, like offense wise, maybe you just try to fill that with a draft pick. I don't really know. Maybe, but that's asking for a lot. Yeah, like it, I think it's hard for them to to do all that. So I'll be curious about them going for maybe Schroeder. I know he got a bad rap because he was terrible in the playoffs, but like he had a pretty good regular season. So yeah, yeah, because Brunson didn't really do as well in the playoffs with that second unit. So yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe that helps just a little bit of depth. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I think you want a shooter ideally for for Richardson. I think like if they could somehow get like Buddy healed. Oh, that's a lot of money though. That's a lot of money, and I don't. The Kings are stupid enough to do it. Is the thing. (laughs) Yes, I can see them doing it. Um, But yeah, I don't think they have a lot of flexibility as far as as far as the the Luca not staying with the Mavs thing. I think he's probably there for the next four years minimum. I don't think he has to worry about that yet. Yeah. Um, So you're gonna have you know they're gonna get. Like odds are they're going to make the Western Conference Finals at some point in the near future, um, and and you know after that who knows? Then he might just stay because of how well you've done. It seems pretty similar to what the Giannis situation was. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be worried about Luke. He's still pretty young, so I, I would not panic about that just yet. And we'll see. I think I think that uh, your new coach is going to be Luca on the same side as Luca, no matter who oh, yeah. he's being. Um, that should be the priority. Okay. Next question we have from rare underscore vapes. Um, <laughs> we have what is the worst team in the twenty first century to, to end the M- to win the NBA Finals? I have my answer, but you the worst you know, team. I, I think I have my I have my answer. I think it's pretty easy, but you in the twenty first century. So two thousand on. Uh, huh? You have your answer. Who's your answer? Oh six heat. Oh yes, oh six heat. 
2011 Dallas. That's disrespectful a little bit, but like there are a lot of really great teams in the 21st century. Like that was just a magical run. I love that run more than anything else, but like as a team where they I think they would have beat like I think they would have beaten the Heat though. Yeah, no six heat, yeah, okay. Man, like, I don't know. Like, cause as good as Wade was, like, I think they had options. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like, Wade wasn't going to carry that team past 2011 Mavs. The other one that I was interested in, 08 Celtics? That one might be a little controversial, because that was, like, a, like a quote-unquote super team, but, like, I, I don't know. They were, like, a little bit overrated. But maybe I was too young. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think any of the Lakers nine and ten could be eligible? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. Oh nine Lakers. Maybe. I think they were a little do you think they were better in twenty ten? I guess they were. I think they were better in twenty ten. Yeah. They they beat a better team in the finals too, I think. Right? So Yeah. Um but yeah. Oh nine Lakers is a shout. The Pistons uh, in 2002, 2004 Pistons, a popular answer. I don't think that's. But I don't think they're bad. Like that's a really good team. Yeah, I think they could. Pro- I think they could beat either of the Lakers teams. So. Yeah, I mean they beat Kobe and Shaq. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I think 03 Spurs is interesting. But Duncan was on another level. Duncan was the best. That's Duncan, why I'm like that was Duncan's best year. But beyond him, they yeah. really had nothing. Yeah, um, but Duncan is a. Bad. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the only reason I didn't say that. I'm sticking with 06 Heat for this. I like 06 Heat. Um, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. 06 Heat, maybe 2011 Dallas, but probably 06 Heat. Yeah. Because this 06 Heat this really had one guy decade, and they had the shell of Shaq. And like. Yeah. And that was it. So yeah. I'm going to. As good as Wade. Yeah, beyond that, like the last like six, seven years have been just like insane teams. 2019 Toronto might be an interesting answer, but I think like. No, I love that. I respect them. (laughs) I think they would have beaten the Lakers. Yeah, Yeah, probably. LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wait, why was playing? Yeah. Um, That's an interesting question, though. I mean, I think they would have beaten the, the 2015 Warriors, too. Oh, you think so? Yes. Oh, uh, well, yeah, with Harrison Barnes. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> if LeBron, like, uh, LeBron took two games off him, yeah, Toronto would probably beat them. I mean, they beat, they beat the better version of that Warriors team. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. With Steph, Steph was better in 2019, for sure. But but yeah. they didn't have the depth. The Warriors didn't have the same They didn't have the depth. Play was about the same. Draymond was worse. Maybe, maybe the depth was a little overrated, so I don't know. But that gets overrated in the finals in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, That's a good question, though. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Is there anyone in NBA history? This comes from John Mark Bogar. Is there anyone in NBA history that you could beat in a one-on-one <laughs> name specific? NBA history, you have like 70 years to go on here. Some guy from the 50s. Okay. Maybe. Name specific though. Can you name, oh, name specific? I, I cannot name anybody off the top of my head that I could like I personally could beat in a one-on-one. Yes. No. Okay. Who do you think? I don't I mean I don't think 
I think I could probably take some guy from the 50s too. I just don't know. Yeah, but I just don't know who. The guys from the 50s <laughs> that I know are pretty good. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't know any bad players from the 50s. Let's do see. you think you could beat like like a Bob Pettit? No. No. I think okay. Bob Pettit would post me up. Bob, I'm thinking uh, like. Nah, because you'd probably just run around it. Um. Yeah, yeah. Kuzi's too quick. Yeah, this is tough, man. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I have my answer. All right, who's your answer? Do you remember Alexi Shvev? Dude, Alexi Shvev can shoot the shit out of the ball. He's so good. I think I could get up <laughs> in his grill, maybe. I think, like, physically, that would be. Okay. This guy, nah, he's legit. He scored 14 a game for the Knicks. Oh, oh okay. that's not over a full season. 10 a game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to Lexi Shred. That's what, that's Lexi my Shred? That's disrespectful. He's so good. There's, okay, like, I think, like, the biggest okay. issue would be that they're just going to, like, body me. Yeah. And it's hard for me to find someone who's who's like skinny and can't and also can't shoot who's in the NBA. Like, yeah, like anybody recently, like there's just nobody. Yeah, like who is that guy? I just don't know. I I, I don't think there is one. Like if you're that like skinny and like weak, like I, you just wouldn't make it to the NBA. The guy who MJ hit the 1988 shot, Craig Elo on. That's a Craig Elo. That, he was pretty good. Apparently a dog. Yeah, yeah he was a dang. dog. So I don't know. There's there not, some guys from that era that you're like, oh, look, maybe I could take them. Yeah, but they're weird because I don't know any of their names. Yeah. I've seen, like, pictures of them. But. Well, because, like, guys like, uh, God, what's it, Jeff Hornacek? He's strong. He seems like – but he's strong, right? Yeah, so, like, I don't think I could take him. He's also, like, pretty tall. Mm-hmm. I think he's, like, 6'2", six 6'3". Six so, like, I, I don't know. That's too big. Yeah. How tall is Alexi yeah, Shred? Did, did it come up? Uh, let's see. Is hold up. Six six. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm trying to do this without looking anybody up. And I'm looking people up, dude. There's some filter you can do that's like six foot and under, and also one ninety and under. I found Fred Scolari played for the Washington Capitals in the 40s. Okay. Right? This guy is 5'10", 180. Yeah, I'm going uh, – yeah. I'll, that I'll, might be the one. I'll do that. Yeah. His nickname was Fat Freddy. And he was 180? Okay, that's good. 180. That means that he probably had a beer gut. I would think so. Um, we'll see. So I, I, maybe, be... I could, maybe I could tire him out. Yeah, I'll go with yeah. Fat Freddy. Fat Freddy. Fat Freddy. Okay. There you go. Um, next question. Let's see. Let me pull this up. This is from Andrew Hoyt. This is a personal attack. At oh. You. Why does you, Aro, have the most biased and Homer takes? <laughs> I love my team, bro. What can I say? I, I love the Suns. They're the best team. They always have been. Should have won a championship. Should have won multiple championships. 
Um, so Michael Jordan wrecked that. So that's that's tough. Uh, okay, I don't think you can say they should have. <laughs> I thought uh, you were gonna yeah, go well, like this. I think like oh seven, they probably should. Oh yeah, oh seven, oh seven is a championship in my book. Like I would hang a banner for it if I had a choice. <laughs> yeah, I think oh seven. There's an argument to be made. Other than that, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Daniel Hay, this is a good question. Oh wait, no, this is the Luca question. Never mind. Oh. He had another one later on though, but he said, "Okay, Luca's fu- okay. This is just Luca's future options. We'll say this." Okay. Like other than the Mavs, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's I think that's how we're gonna interpret this. Okay. Um, I think Phoenix in five years. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Boston. (sighs) I would hate that. Can you have interesting? Could they could they pay all three guys? Mm, Maybe and have no depth. I, I, the Nets are doing it. Yeah, they are. So I think you could do it. Possible. Yeah. And you've had like Tatum and uh, Brown before, so you'd get like the bird rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you could fit that. What about Boston? Denver? Well, w- would they would they take him like over what Jamal Murray? Oh well, no. You got saying you could have all three for doing that. Well, if you're taking all three, I don't know. I don't like that fit. I, like, it feels weird to me. Like, all three need the ball in their hands. Like, yeah, what's it, gonna happen? It is a little weird. I think I think yeah. the Boston thing is that makes a little bit more sense. But I don't think Luca wants to go to Boston. I think if Luca leaves, it's gonna I be the Heat. The Heat. He'd always get thrown around in these in these conversations. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Replace Drew. Yeah. I would like that. Once Drew I, I would out. want to see that. And who? Once Drew ages out. Yeah. 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 But I, mean, I would rather see Giannis come to Dallas. I would too. I would too. Yeah. I think the Heat, the Heat are going to have a point. The Heat in like three years are probably going to be terrible. So. Yeah. Maybe, gonna be just bam. maybe like next year. It, like they are definitely on the downswing. So I could definitely see the Heat. Um, if I had to choose, though, um, I think I'd probably still go Heat. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just because their their books yeah. are going to be pretty clear. It seems like. Oh yeah, no, they're about to clear out, and like none of their young guards really panned out. So yeah, just like trade. Yeah, them if shooters, them. if shooters. Yeah. Heats. Oh yeah, be kind of fun. Luca and Bam. I would like that. Luca and Bam. That's what I'm saying, like man. That'd yeah. be fun. Okay, that'd be fun. I think that's okay. a good one. Um, all right, let me pull up the questions. How far would the Lakers go if they were healthy? Um, this is from Cody. Uh, I am going to say, I mean, conference final, yeah. Do you think okay? Do you think they lose to the Clippers, fully healthy Clippers? I think they'll lose to the fully healthy Clippers, okay? Yeah, but that's the only team that I see them like losing to. Like, even a fully healthy Denver team this year, I don't think beats them. Oh, I disagree. I think if the, I think oh. if the Knights had everybody, they would have beaten them. Wow. Okay. But, I, yeah, I'll, I think if the Clippers have everybody, too, they would have won just because the small ball yeah. thing is so, 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 like, overwhelming. I also think LeBron is kind of 
out in downtime finally i think i think so i think what i saw what i saw is pretty reflective of that um yeah okay so this is from adam a recurring guest here we haven't had him on yes. since the rockets are the worst team in the league now but um tough times he has a game seven question for tonight oh can the bucks rely on Giannis down the stretch or is it going to have to be middleton uh, I think it's gonna have to be Middleton. You do, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I don't know if he has to hit him because he hasn't played <laughs> yeah. well on the road once. Oh man! Especially if that's you, a scary you, thing. Yeah, if you stick KD on him, you know, like what do you? Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah, I don't feel good about that. I think if they're in that situation, they're gonna lose. Yes, they need a lead. Yeah, <laughs> they need a lead big enough that Giannis like has a little bit. They need to be comfortable like the whole game. Oh yeah. Otherwise, like the, like, moment, the just... moment it like turns a little bit is where like things start getting like oh, like, scary. And it gets ugly fast. Yeah. Um. Okay. Vinay Maruri. Maruri. Yes. Asks: Is Kimba going to waste away in OKC? Um. I do not I think. I do not think Kimba is going to stay in OKC for very long. If I had to guess. Yeah, he's going to get flipped real quick, I think. Now, to where? I don't know. Because no one really wants him. That's the problem. That's true. We said that about Chris Paul, and look what happened. That's true. That is very true. But, well, no, there is no but. Yeah, Chris Paul was thought to be kind of watched. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a similar, similar situation. Uh, Contra- Kim has the injury history, but Chris Paul's older. The contract's Chris yeah. the worst contract at the time. That's true. A little bit easier to trade. I think New York City Knicks. I would like that. I think New York makes sense. I don't think I would like um, it. Totally see them doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I like it better than what they have going on right now. I think. Yeah, that's probably true. But, yeah. Orlando Rose is more backup. Uh, Orlando. Yeah, but I think he just wastes away in Orlando, right? Because Orlando like kind of got rid of everybody. They're like banking their future on like if he goes somewhere, is it gonna be a contender? Like I don't Oh, do you not think so? I mean I I thought he would. Most of the contending teams are like pretty smart, I feel like. And yeah, but like maybe um maybe the Clippers take a chance. Yeah, the Clippers if it really if the Clippers like flame out. Yeah, like if they lose this series badly, like maybe they just put a chance on them. Now that the Lowry dream is sort of over, yeah. if the Sixers trade Simmons, if the Sixers trade Simmons, yes, that's yes. very yep. Okay. I see that because I think you trust the rest of that defense even with uh, yeah. Kemba. Other than that, that work. I don't really have much. I not a whole lot of options there, man. Kemba is not a very hot commodity right now. Yeah, the Bucks have their point guard um, now. Yeah, all the top teams pretty much have their point guard. Maybe the Lakers, if they don't like Fooder at all, but like that's a big contract to take on. I, don't, I just don't think you can do it. So. Okay. Okay. Next question. Um, Tucker Thomas, more pressure to reach the finals, Chris Paul or Paul George? Paul George. Well, no. Really? I disagree. I think it's Chris Paul. Maybe it's Chris Paul, yeah, because he's older. Could be his last. Paul George is already, yeah, and Paul George already kind of like proved like he can be the guy against Utah. 
I think Chris Paul has proven he can be the guy. He just hasn't proven he can be the guy enough to get I mean, to like, the finals. Yeah. And neither is Paul George. So I think the timeline Paul George has more years. Yeah, the timeline suggests that Chris Paul, if it's not now or next year, it's probably not happening. Where he's actually playing yeah. this this super big role on this or whatever team he's on. Yeah. Although he may be a guy that ends up winning a championship is like a like a, a not a backup, but like a yeah, journeyman type deal. Right. So yeah. yeah we'll see. The position okay. Kyle Lowry would have been in. Gotcha. Another question from Daniel Hay. Finals MVP predictions where we have five teams left right now. This is interesting. Uh, I think we get well, pretty good value on Chris Paul. You would get pretty good value on Chris Paul. Um, I think you'd get interesting value on Paul George, too, actually. Um, mm, I don't know. You don't like that? <laughs> you think they would beat? I mean, do you think they would beat? If they get past the Suns, I, I think they could very well take on any. Do you think they could beat the Milwaukee? Or I think they can definitely beat Milwaukee. Yeah, I think they could definitely beat Milwaukee too. Do you think they could beat Philly? I don't think they could beat Philly. I think they could beat Philly. I don't think they can go big. I, 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 I have a hard time believing. I think they can go small against them. No. I, I don't know. I think Embiid is the one dude who's like actually going to punish you for going small. He is can I go small against him? I, I don't know, man. I, I think you might be able to get away with it. I really do. Because, like, if you just double the hell out of They also him. have Tybal who can muck up the way. They have Tybal and Simmons who can, like, fly around and muck up yeah. that whole thing. Okay. okay. So if Philly makes it, then you got Embiid as the final. Well, if Kawhi's game. back, then. Oh, Kawhi's back. I think it absolutely, absolutely win. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> yeah Kawhi's finals MVP, like he's I mean, it up. KD obviously good value. Yeah, they win tonight. I think you know. I think they go all the way. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be KD or Giannis. Um, I still think that whoever comes out of that series. Oh, you do? Them. You think the Suns yeah. would not beat Milwaukee? I don't think the Suns would beat Milwaukee. What about just well, because you said the Ah, yeah, see, that's what, but I think the Suns, I don't know. I have a weird thing where, like, I have to keep Milwaukee happy because I picked them before the season. So, like, I kind of have to, like, give something to them. But, like, the way they played makes me think that both the Suns and the Clippers would beat them. But maybe Giannis just finds a way around Aiden. Maybe, maybe Aiden just can't figure him out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This if I had to pick, game. okay, let, pick one. Pick one. Pick a finals. Pick one. Yeah. KD. Go with okay. favorite. I'd probably have to agree. Or uh, if, if Kawhi was healthy, <laughs> I'd do Kawhi. How about that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If not, KD. I'll go with KD. Okay. We have two more. We have we have one more serious question and then one more question as a joke because we just have to do it. Um, but okay. this is a serious one. Um, this might be my favorite question of the whole thing. Grayson Walker, which second option is most influential to their team winning and which is the playing and which is playing the best right now of the teams that are left? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think, well, so here's an interesting one though. Like, do you consider Paul George a second option right now? 
Because right now he is arguably I would say no. out of a second option. I would say no because right. So he's a first option. But then do you consider Devin Booker as a second option? Because I think he's playing probably the I, best. I right? do. I do. If Chris I, Paul... I think he kind of is. But what does the second option mean? Because he's not the secondary scoring option. But, like, he is the secondary, like, facilitator. Second option like that you're that. running your entire offense through. How about that? Okay. All right. Which I think so he I guess is. Booker. He is. So I think Booker. Yeah. Because Middleton's been inconsistent. Brooklyn's... It's not anyone the Sixers because they have nobody. Seth Curry. <laughs> um, I think so you're saying, you're saying which, which one is – this is the most influential one? The most influential is definitely Booker, I think. Well, maybe Middleton. I think it's Middleton. Yeah. One of Middleton or Booker. I mean, I think t- if you take it tonight in a vacuum, it's going to be Middleton. Yes. I think 100%. overall, I think like overall, it's probably Booker. But um, yeah. And which is playing? Which which of those second options is playing the best right now? I guess you would have to say Booker, right? I think it's Booker right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it would be Paul George if he was a second option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everybody, you can make an argument that Reggie is the second option. And he's you could, and he's been playing very, very well. That's a good question. Weird thing is, Booker didn't have to be all that great against Denver. I thought he was not, but he was pretty good against the Lakers. He was, yeah, really good against the Lakers, especially in the two. He shot really well against Denver last two yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question. Second options have been kind of kind of weak in the East. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, last question from Anish. We have to do this. <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill, J.R. Smith, Joe Ingles, Valanciunas. <laughs> um, Joe Ingles, Valanciunas, and who? J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Oh man. Uh, you, you can't kill J.R. Smith. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm killing Jonas, probably. Oh, really? I, yeah. I think I'm killing Ingles. Interesting. Yeah, Valanciunas is a Mary. <laughs> Valanciunas is like a bear. He'll take care of you. Right? Like, you're retired <laughs> to a farm. Like. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm killing Joe, too, actually. <laughs> like, what value does Joe have right now? I don't know. I think it would be funny, but it would probably get old with his accent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm killing Joe. Sturdy. I don't know if I could deal with JR. JR. Yeah, I don't know if I could deal. I don't know if I could deal with JR for a lifetime. So I'll go. I'll go. Fuck JR. Yeah. Marry JV. Kill Ingles. I think that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, and that, unless I'm missing one, I'm looking right now. That. Oh, we have a. Would you go gay? Would you go gay for Steph? Um. Yeah. Steph. Steph, I mean, if there ever was. Really? Steph? Kelly Oubre, now that's a different question. <laughs> now, <laughs> they have Steph's skills, maybe. Oh, yes. I think. But, yeah. Um, Not possible. Um, Not possible. Okay, that is all we have. We will, we will probably do, like, five questions an episode now. We just knocked out, I think, like, legitimately 17 so um i mean we we combined the maps ones but okay okay let me let me let me do my official count here it was going to be um 
11. Okay, so 14, 14. But we combined the maps once into, we did four into one. So I think it ended up being right. 10. But yeah. I think three to five every episode would be fun. So keep them coming. Yes. I will post I will post the Instagram story the day before. Um, but thank you, episode 100. Those of you who are loyal to us, you are appreciated. <laughs> and enjoy game seven tonight. And enjoy game one of the Western Conference finals tomorrow and game seven of yeah, game seven. Philly Atlanta. So, yep. Bye-bye.